Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the Jets-Colts pregame report and mailbag with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So, Chris, let's start with this. Adam Gase can't help himself because during the week, he managed to say, that if only the Jets would execute the plays called properly, they would be just fine. What can you even say about that? <laughs> uh, I, like, yeah, obviously, Mr. Gase. Um, I, plays always work on paper. Every play drawn up works on paper. Like, yes, of course. I can sit here and just scribble nonsense plays up and if the players execute it, it's going to work. But it's sometimes the players aren't capable of executing that play because it doesn't play to their strengths. Uh, sometimes players aren't able to execute the play because Greg Van Rotten, Roten is going to blow a, a, a block and the running back's going to get tackled way behind the line. Um, but sometimes... It's a bad play call, and the players could execute it or not execute it. It doesn't matter. The idea of, oh, if they would just execute it. So every single thing that Adam Gase is doing is right, but the players are failing him. That's what he's saying there. And, again, every play works on paper. This, this It feels like the, uh, you know, the old Mike Tyson quote, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's what he's saying right there. We have a plan, but I don't have a plan until like uh, for getting punched in the mouth here. So I drew up the play. 
it doesn't matter that it didn't count for get, that getting punched in the mouth there. The players need to execute anyway. That's not how this works. Like, and let, you can absolutely use that on like any given play. Just say this play could have worked, should have worked, but it wasn't executed properly. Okay, fine. On that one play, I can take that. But when you're talking about play after play after play after play, well, hey, switch it up. Try something different because every single play is not being executed. You need to get them something else that they can execute. The example that I used before we started recording is let's say Peyton Manning is your quarterback and you call a bunch of design rollouts and they don't work and you say, but if only Peyton would have executed these plays properly, we would be winning this game and all these plays would have been successful. Sure, but Peyton Manning's skill set doesn't make him capable of being able to do that. He's not a guy that's going to make throws on the run. That's not his strength. And that is a big part of what the problem is with Adam Gase. He doesn't understand that instead of being married to your own concepts, you have to coach to the talent that you have around you. And the perfect example here is what the Bills are doing with Josh Allen, Brian Dable doing a fantastic job, Arthur Smith doing a great job in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. Greg Roman doing an excellent job in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Now, to be fair, all of those teams have better supporting cast. There's no question. But at a certain point, it just becomes excuses. As bad as your supporting cast is, this offensive line at least is passable, for example. You can still find ways to make plays. You've got to work within the parameters of what you've got. And Sam Darnold is somebody who's good out on the run. He's somebody that you can make plays with that way. There are so many different ways that you can scheme around what your team's weaknesses are and play to the strengths, and he's absolutely not doing that. And that quote is another example of how he just doesn't get it. The thing to me, Chris, that really is frustrating is that it's one thing for Gase to think this in his head and be that narcissistic, but for him to say it out loud is next level tone deaf. Yeah, for sure. And uh, listen, if he if Adam Gase was the coach of the Ravens, he would have Lamar Jackson trying to be uh, play like Peyton Manning. Uh, they, he would be doing the same stuff, and the Ravens wouldn't be nearly as good because he'd be trying to turn Lamar Jackson to Peyton Manning. Um, it, it, where Greg Roman's like, look at I got Lamar Jackson. I'm not running anything close to this. We're going to build around Lamar Jackson's strengths and his skill set. And you same thing with, with Dabo, Dabo and um, with Arthur Smith. Like you can have uh, look at them and the way that they maximize the talent around them, the way they've adjusted their offense. Dabo in Buffalo has done a phenomenal job with Josh Allen. And yes, they have gone and added the talent. But they've adjusted around the talent. They've gone out and they, uh, you know, got digs to add to it afterwards. Like, um, and yeah, Gase is sitting here and he's just saying, hey, it ain't my fault, man. It's these players. If these players could just be any type of decent and just do what they're told, uh, like, how do you do that? And then, you're, you're a coach. Like, I can understand maybe trying to do that and get away with that. You're the coach of the Tennessee in Tennessee or something, or even in Miami. But, like, you're in New York media, and you're going to sit in front of the New York writers, and you're going to say this stuff. And I, I don't want to get too hard on the rest of the beat, but that this is allowed to 
slide and is is absurd because he's flat out just saying don't blame me blame the players and uh, like no you're the coach you've got to do something different and too many times we saw this last year especially when Luke Falk was the uh, quarterback um he basically just gives up. He talked about it last week when they went to kick the field goal, and he's just like, oh, well, you know, it's not going to do enough. Like, he's just giving up. Oh, we're not going to be able to win this game, so why bother trying to throw a hands up? Um, if, you're, if you're going out there and you're not trying to win, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? And to be fair, as we yeah. said, the team that Adam Gase has is not great. But still, at a certain point, you've got to get the most out of what you have. And he's not even attempting to do that. It's like he's throwing up his hands and saying, the hell with it, screw it. But on some level, you could understand anybody's frustration when you take a look at the injury report. Chris, this is remarkable. I've never seen anything like this. Jamison Crowder out again. Ashton Davis is out, although you wouldn't really know it because he's barely played. George Fant. Out. Brashad Perriman, out again. Quincy Wilson, who began to start last week and was looking okay at least until he got hurt, he's out. Braxton Barris is questionable. Who knows? Connor McGovern is questionable, but it sounds like he's probably not going to play. Nate Hairston is questionable, which means that if he doesn't play, there's not really going to be anybody behind Pierre Desir, who was terrible except for that one play where the ball literally popped right into his chest. So you look at this. You've got two-fifths of that offensive line is going to be out. You've got all these receivers that are out, and if Berrios is in play, they've got Chris Hogan and Josh Malone, I suppose. This is ridiculous. you got to figure they got to get the tight ends more involved. There's no other way now. We already know that Le'Veon Bell is not playing. The one good thing is LeMichael Pirine is back, so at least he'll take some of the carries, you would assume. Although last week it was pretty much all Frank Gore. So Chris, this was always going to be an uphill battle, but now it just seems almost impossible. That said, any other coach you would think would try different things, I'm not convinced that Gase is going to. Yeah, I'm not convinced he's going to. I'm convinced he's going to play it safe and ultra conservative and not uh, take many shots, not put uh, Darnold in situations where he thinks he might make mistakes. Um you know, the receivers is an obvious problem. Uh, it, it is obviously tough to stretch the field without uh, a, a players with the ability to do that. And Gase basically came out and said once Perriman went down, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't even try. But you got you have to try. Like, you can't play everything just for five-yard gains when the defense knows you're going to do that. And again, the receivers obviously a problem, but this week, I'm super concerned about the offensive line because you're going up against this Indianapolis defensive line. They are going to eat them alive. Like that, that line is, is, Ooh boy, they're going to get punished on that line. And Darnold's not going to have a lot of time. They're not going to have a lot of open holes and space to run through. And Gase is just going to come out there with the most bland offense possible. And the, the Colts secondary isn't going to have to play farther than seven yards down the field. Um, this is, you know, this is the, the Schottenheimer offense from back in the day uh, that the Jets used to run with Sanchez, where it was just nothing was going to go past 10 yards. So it, when you know that most of the time, like, you know, maybe they go twice don't take a shot pass out of game. The defense gets to just keep everything in front of it and act accordingly. And that 
the reason why the Chiefs have so much success with the short passing game is because they can, at any given play, they can burn you deep. You can't rely on strictly uh, as a uh, – you even look at somebody like the Saints, how, yes, they go through regular seasons with Drew Brees being deadly accurate but doing short stuff, short stuff, and then uh, playoffs come around and all of a sudden their offense can't do it because they can't stretch the field. Um, but that's also – I'm talking about the most accurate quarterback in the history of the NFL running it. Um the, the Jets are trying to do that now without the offensive line to, that the Saints have, without even Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara, and with, with Sam Darnold instead of Drew Brees. Um, things, it, it's really hard to run an offense just off of short stuff without having any ability to go downfield. And it, this, this offensive line is going to have their hands full against this, the Colts defensive line this week. Um, and the, th- the thing that's frustrating about everything Gates is saying is he's right and he's accurate. And it's the same thing with Darnold. It's hard to charge Darnold because of all of this. But it's just he's not even trying anything different. And he's stubbornly clinging to the same stuff that has failed him year after year after year. This is exactly the same exact way it played out in Miami. And it's playing out here. I can't possibly see a reason why it would turn around to be different here. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's make prediction here, Chris. I think the keys to the game for the Jets are going to be, can they get the tight ends involved and take advantage of some of the injuries in the Colts' secondary? And can they get some pressure on Phillip Rivers, which is going to be very difficult because the Colts have one of the best offensive lines in the league, anchored by all-pro guard Quentin Nelson. I just think that with all the injuries and the talent disparity to begin with and the fact that it's on the road, this is a game where the Jets are going to get beaten pretty soundly. I think it probably ends up being something like 27-14. The Jets will get a late score, sort of the way that they did with Braxton Berrios against the 49ers and make the score look a little bit better than the reality. But I think 
think they're going to lose this one pretty soundly. They'll probably get pounded from bell to bell. I would like to see Gase at least try to use those tight ends. If nothing else, maybe it'll open up some ideas for the rest of the season. But I'm not confident he's going to do it. And even if he does, I don't know that it's going to make that much of a difference. I just think that the disparity between the two teams and the two coaching staffs is too wide. I think 27-14 is probably about where this one settles. Yeah, the the Chris Herndon thing is another uh, frustrating part about Gates. This we saw this last year with uh, in training camp, uh, all the uh, Le'Veon Bell and Ty Montgomery in the backfield on the same play, and then we saw none of that in the regular season. This training camp, we uh, Chris Herndon was the one thing the offense had going for it. it. The only time he could be stopped was Marcus May. Otherwise, he was making plays all over the field. And now he's barely being used at all. He's being used as an extra blocker, a blocker a lot. They're not. He's not sending him out on a lot of routes. Um, obviously, he had the drop in the end zone on that touchdown on that great throw that Darnold made. Um, so he has to be better as well. But last year in training camp, he dominated all in training camp. Then obviously he got hurt and had the suspension to start the season. This year, again, he dominated in training camp, and now it's like he's not even getting that many opportunities. Um, and it's just super frustrating. Like that, I talked about all training camp, that Chris Herndon was going to be the key to how good this offense can be, and he's not maximizing what he can have. And it'd be one thing if they were trying to get him the ball constantly and he was just dropping and just not making plays then eventually you can move on, but they're just not trying it enough. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a bludgeoning. I, I think this is going to be like 38 to, to, to six. Um, I, I just, with uh, uh, that defensive line of the Colts and the offensive line situation that the Jets have right now, and then on the other side of the ball, we saw what the 49ers running backs did last week. The Colts have a great offensive line. Jonathan Taylor is a great young running back. And then the thing that really scares me is Naheem Himes coming out of the backfield as a pass-catching uh, guy. Especially, we'll see what they do at middle linebacker this, uh, this week. Because right now, I'm just going off the assumption that, yes, they activated Avery Williamson and he was – ready to play in a pinch, but I'm just going to assume that they didn't want to play him yet um, and that this week we'll get to see him. But he's not great in coverage either. He's obviously a big uh, upgrade over Alec Ogletree in every sense of the word. word. But I think uh, Naheem Hines is going to have a big day uh, catching the ball against the, these Jets linebackers and – the you know the Colts Paris Campbell's out. Uh, they don't they don't have like a crazy amount of weapons there. Uh, their their backup tight end went off last week. Ali Cox. Uh, we'll see if he can do it again. But I, I think this is going to be a bludgeoning, uh, like thirty eight to uh, to you know seven ten something along those lines. On that super positive note, let's take a dive <laughs> into the mailbag, and we'll start with AJ Tronzano. He says. Ryan Khalil, first big Douglas mistake. Not re-signing Robbie Anderson. Second is the third big mistake, taking Zuniga over Brian Edwards. Really wanted Edwards in round three. 
I can't kill Douglas on the Ryan Khalil thing. All they had was Jonathan Harrison, so they took a swing. It didn't work out. All it really cost was a few million dollars of the Johnson's money. No harm, no foul. Not re-signing Robbie Anderson, I think, was easily Joe Douglas's worst mistake as general manager so far. I don't even think that's debatable at this point. There's no question that for the money that Robbie Anderson ended up getting, the Jets could have topped that and still gotten him at a reasonable price. They should have done that. I know that there's been talk that they didn't love Robbie behind the scenes, but still, they needed somebody that could make plays for Sam Darnold, as has become very evident over the first two weeks of the season. And of course, we're seeing what Robbie Anderson is doing in Carolina. And as far as Zuniga over Edwards, look, I wanted Edwards over Zuniga too, but let's not get too carried away here. Edwards has three catches for 51 yards the first two weeks. He may very well be a pretty good receiver, but we can't really label that a major mistake just yet. We haven't even seen Jabari Zaniga play. So let's revisit that at the very least at the end of the season and maybe in a year or two. But I do think that it's fair, certainly, to criticize Douglas harshly for the decision not to bring back Robbie Anderson. I was against the, uh, the Khalil signing at the time. Not really against it, actually, because I said, hey, it's worth a shot. But I didn't think it was going to work. I don't. I, I'm not qualifying that as a, a mistake, though. It's just something that didn't work. Uh, it was I, – I get the thought process behind it. It made sense. I just didn't expect it to work, and it didn't work. Um, but he was basically throwing a dart at the, the dartboard, blindfolded right there, saying, we need an upgraded center. This guy used to be awesome. Let's see if we can get him back. Um, it didn't work out, but it didn't set them back. It didn't hurt them. Uh, it's not like the season would have turned around, would have been uh, much better last year if they just stuck with Jonathan Harrison. Uh, you know, they didn't tie up uh, big long-term money into it. It was a one-year thing. It, like you said, it just cost the Johnsons the money. Um, that's it. That So it didn't work out. It didn't pan out. But especially, remember when the, he came in, like – Free agency was over. The draft was already happening. To come in as a GM in that spot, there's only so much you can do. And he took a shot with Ryan Khalil, and it didn't work out. I'm not going to knock him so much for that. Um, with the, the Robbie Anderson, I mean, who who could have possibly foreseen that getting rid of Robbie Anderson would, would, not, would be a bad idea? Who, who possibly could have thought about that? I don't know a single person who thought that getting rid of Robbie Anderson was a bad idea. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I've been screaming this from the rooftops for over a year. It was obviously a bad idea. It was a terrible idea. And then he compounded it further by only uh, drafting one receiver, by spending money on Brashad Perriman and getting fans to think that that was somehow uh, an, a, a, an okay replacement for Robbie Anderson. It's not. Brashad Perriman is not as good as Robbie Anderson. We have years of proof to show this. People got excited about five games when he was in the most vo- the highest volume passing offense in the history of the NFL. Um, it, it, this was an obvious mistake at the time. It was obvious before he made the mistake, and it's obvious now. Um I'm with you on the Zaniga thing, though. We haven't seen anything from Zaniga. It's it's the first season, uh, first year of this. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the pick at the time, so I'm not sitting here holding out hope or, or like, oh, just wait until you see him get on the field. I don't know. But 
there's a long time left on his rookie deal for for this to change. And as you said, the Brian Edwards hasn't exactly been lighting it up. And, but if you want to go this route, the route I'll be more willing to go with it is the James Morgan pick and somebody like uh, uh, you could add Gabe Davis, uh, who's up there in Buffalo right now. Um, I'd be more inclined to do it there because I, what do I really see out of James Morgan? I, there, there's more of a chance that Jabari Zaniga ch- turns into something uh, than James Morgan turning into something. Um, but he, he absolutely botched the wide receiver position just straight up and down. There's no excuses for it. Uh, I have said that with, with this roster, he, there was no way he was going to be able to fix everything all in one offseason. Uh, he decided to, to go the route he did at right receiver, and it was, it was a bad, terrible decision at the time, before the time, after the time. We all know this. Um, right now, the, the one thing that I can really do, and, and pay attention to the phrase I'm going to use here, Scott, um, it, as a feather in Joe Douglas's cap, <laughs> is Makai Becton. Like, he nailed the Makai Becton pick. He also did a, a pretty good job of building this offensive line up. And considering he had that put four new starters in, this offensive line is better than I expected it to be. Obviously, this week's going to be different because of the injuries. But he's done a better job than I expected with that. So at least you have confidence that he knows a little something about offensive line and you know that um, that the offensive line is important to him. Uh, it is something he's going to continue focusing on. Whereas, you know, McCagnan uh, didn't really address the offensive line at all through the draft. You know that that's not going to be the case with Joe Douglas. So the, that's the one feather in his cap. But there's, there's definitely um, – concerns here on this roster and none bigger than what he did at receiver because everything he did, every move he made has, has not worked. Next question comes in from Jesse Parrott. He says, would you rather watch 14 more games of the Jets this season or should they just forfeit all of their games and have Quinnen and Becton sumo wrestle each other? I'm in for that. I say that's a perfectly acceptable alternative to Jets games the rest of the year. All right. So let me take you through my thought process as you were reading that. Um, you, he, you said, would you rather, uh, watch 14 more Jets games? And I just, my brain at that point immediately said, (laughs) whatever the or is, give me the or I don't, I don't care. Like whatever you're going to say next is what I'm going with. And then you presented the, uh, Makai Beck and Quinn and Williams thing. And I'm thinking, all right, well, this is going to be tough if, if, if I'm not, if I don't have those games to write about, what am I going to do for content? And then I immediately go, what am I talking about? The, the Makai Becton and Quinnen Williams sumo wrestling is much better content. <laughs> and I will be much more happier to break that down. And everybody will much be much more happier to read articles about that. Um, so yes, yes. Give me that 14 uh, times the rest of the year. Give me that. That's all I want. Don't bother showing up to play football. Just let me see. And, you know, go ahead, sumo wrestling, whatever you want to do. Just have them do like a tug of war, all types of stuff like that. I'm all for it. Like, you know, the strongest man competition, have them battle each other. Anything like that, I'm good. 
Next question comes in from Barach Jitlin. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. I did my best. I apologize if I botched it. He says, do you think the team is more demoralized by the noise around the head coach, the poor coaching of the head coach, something else, or are they just this bad? Probably a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. A little bit of everything. I think it's uh, the coach most most of all. Um, players, players, like, they will get, uh, you know, a little worked up, some more than others, with uh, – how they're uh, being covered in the noise around it. And it, it, it can drain on you, of course. Uh, but they can also block that out pretty well for the most part. I think that you've, you've kind of seen it this week. You've, you've seen it with Jordan Jenkins and his disgust. And as you, you see it with a, a little bit, although I think that uh, the quotes from Bradley McDougal uh, was blown a little bit out of proportion there is still something there. Um, And uh, and the Avery Williamson quote too. I I think that's the biggest uh, part of the chat pie chart here is that the players are just like, all right, man. Cause if I can see it, if we can see it with Adam Gase, I promise you the players can see it with Adam Gase. And I know for a fact that there were plenty of players on this roster last year who were not believers in Gase. Um, and some of those players are gone and some of those players are still here. Uh, so I think that's the biggest slice of the pie chart right there. It is definitely a little bit of everything, but I think it's pretty comfortably the doubt and gaze that's the most demoralizing to them. Going to combine two people's questions for the final one in the mailbag this week. First is JP Waxer. He says, is it me or does Gase remind you of a teenage miscreant locking himself in his room and solving all the world's problems in his own mind as if only the world would listen to him? Everything would be great. Where's the leadership and understanding of communications with grown men? And his answers are just terrible, aren't they? And also, all of my girls says, do you think the Jets are tanking because it kind of looks like it? So let's start with what J.P. Waxer had to say first. It does sort of seem that way, and we were talking about this earlier, Chris. Gase just feels like if everybody would just do what he says exactly the way he says it, then the Jets would be 16-0 and and everything would be perfect. And if it wasn't for these darn players who just can't execute his brilliance, then he would be the most successful coach in the league. That's pretty apparent at this point. We know that his communication is very lacking. And as we talked about before, his answers are incredibly tone deaf. So he's really hitting the trifecta here all the way around. And as far as whether or not the Jets are tanking, I think tanking is the wrong word here. This is year one of the rebuild for Joe Douglas. So you knew they weren't exactly going to be competing for a Super Bowl. I think they were trying to field the most competitive team they could within the parameters that Joe Douglas had set, which is, as Chris said, no long-term commitments, no giving up major assets, just trying to sort of skate by this year. So tanking is not the right word. Year one of the rebuild, I think, is more accurate. But either way, you knew this wasn't going to be a great team or anything like that in 2020. Yeah, well, that first question really, you know, kind of kind of hit home with me because uh, I was most definitely that teenager. And <laughs> and to be honest, I am still sometimes that person right now. Just, you know, hey, if the world would just listen to me and do as I say, everything would be fine. Um, it, it happens. All of us have that to some extent. Uh, I think every single person in the world thinks that to some extent on some level at, at times. But yeah. 
Gates, Gates takes it a little further. And as I grow, you know, the, the teenager in me would react that way and uh, would think that at some steps, but then react uh, angrily that it wasn't happening. Now, 40-year-old me is just like, yeah, this, this is the way the world works. So I don't bother uh, reacting angrily or snapping at people and placing blame on anybody else. Um I am very self-aware, so I am able to go ahead and point the finger at myself when I mess up so much. And, and that seems like, you know, Gase never had that growth um, because he's he's not self-aware. He's never willing to point the finger at himself. So it is a very apt comparison there. I think it's dead on. Um, but, yeah, that tanking is too much of a stretch. Um but that, that this is what a, a full rebuild looks like. It, it, when you give a GM a six-year contract, that's what it is. I, it, it's okay. Let's slowly build this roster up through the draft. That means not spending resources, not trading away draft picks, not spending a bunch of free agency money in the first couple of years. That's how that goes. Um, that that was the Idzik plan, and then they fired him after that that um, second season. He never got to uh, you know put uh, that plan into effect. But that's how it goes. It, you need to kind of strip it down. You need to be cheap those first couple of years. You need to build up flexibility and resources, and you got to hope that you hit some draft picks and get some foundational pieces to build around. And then as everything improves then you can start spending some of those resources <clears throat> to say that I like, I do not sit there and, and, and think that Joe Douglas was like, let's see how many games we can lose this year. How can we lose the most games? I don't think that's it, but it, it was definitely okay. We have to work within these, uh, this frame where we're not spending this much money past this year. Um, and then also, again, there's also just a, a, combination of what was out there in free agency. There wasn't a lot out there that was going to make a huge difference in this team. Um, so yeah, I, tanking's too strong. Uh, it's just the, the beginning of a rebuild, a, a long, a big, huge overhaul of a rebuild. Before we wrap up, let's give you a chance to win a few bucks thanks to our buddy Walter Cherapinski over at WalterFootball.com, courtesy of our buddies at MyBookie. Head over to MyBookie right now, use the promo code OVERTIME, and you'll get up to $1,000 in free play, plus you'll double your first deposit. You can bet on futures, you can bet on the games, you can bet on props, anything you want, it's all there at MyBookie. You might want to bet on the Jets to cover the spread, but let's be honest, if you want to make money, you probably don't want to go that route. You can bet on who's going to score the first touchdown in the game. It's probably going to be somebody on the Colts. You can even bet on who's going to win the opening coin toss if you really want to. It's all over at MyBookie. Use the promo code OVERTIME. Get up to $1,000 in free play and double your first deposit. Add excitement to the sports you bet and the games you love at MyBookie. Promo code OVERTIME will get you up to $1,000 in free play, and you can double your first deposit. Walter, you have picked against the Jets the first two weeks of the season. I have a feeling that that trend may continue today. Welcome to the show, my man. 
Thanks, Scott. So we've gone against the Jets uh, twice so far, and we're going to do it again, uh, even though the spread in this game is minus 11. So the Colts favor by 11, and I think they're going to win by two touchdowns or more. Uh, I just think the Jets have – they really have nothing going for them right now. I don't know uh, who Sam Darnold's going to throw to. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's out. James Crowder's out. Uh, Brashad Perriman's out. Danzo Mims is out. So uh, the Jets have nothing but scrubs uh, for Sam Darnold to throw to, and the Jets' defense, I, I don't think they can stop uh, Philip Rivers and Jonathan Taylor. So I, I like the Colts minus 11 uh, staying in the AFC East. I, I like the Patriots at minus six and a half over the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders look very good Monday night. They upset the Saints, but it's a short week. Uh, they have to travel to the East Coast uh, on, on one fewer day of rest and play an early start game. It's going to be tough for them to do that. Um, and they're going to be down two starting offensive linemen against one of the best defenses in the NFL. And Bill Belichick's off a loss. So I think he's going to be extra focused and uh, have one more day to prepare than John Gruden. It's you know it's fine for regular coaches, but for Bill Belichick, it's like a week. So I think the Patriots cover the six and a half. Uh, my favorite play of the week is the Giants plus four. Uh, the 49ers, they're, they're just so decimated by injuries. They're starting a, a backup quarterback. Uh, their top two running backs are out. Their top two pass catchers are out. Uh, their top three edge rushers are out. Uh, they're down one linebacker and they're down their top corner, uh, Richard Sermon. Uh, and and yet, despite this, uh, their their backup quarterback is favored on the road by three and a half or four. Um, I like the Giants here. The Giants, they were competitive with the Steelers in the opener. And then uh, last week against the Bears, they were one pass away from winning the game. So uh, I like the Giants at plus three and a half or plus four. Um, I like the Bears at plus three to potentially upset Atlanta. Uh, the Falcons, they're dealing with a lot of injuries as well. Uh, they're going to be down A.J. Terrell uh, due to COVID. Uh, they might be down their top two pass rushers. Uh, they're they're going to be down their, their top safety. And, you know, they, they had a big lead over Dallas. But if you think about it, Dallas gave them 20 points for free uh, to start the game. And yet Atlanta still lost. Uh, and the week before, they got... They were basically blown out by Seattle. So I, I, I think Chicago is the better team here. So I think they cover the plus three. Uh, my final game is the Seahawks minus five. Uh, Dallas is another team that has a ton of injuries. Uh, they, they're going to have at least eight starters out of the lineup. But Tyron Smith is out as expected. Uh, it's possible they might have nine starters out if Demarcus Lawrence is, is missing. Uh, he barely practiced this week. So uh, the Seahawks are, I, I believe, probably the best team in the NFC. They're only minus five over Dallas. The Dallas team that's going to be missing half of its starters. So I think the Seahawks should be able to win that one easily. I'm a little bit afraid of a backdoor cover, but I, I, I'm, I'm picking Seattle minus five pretty confidently. So uh, those are my, my uh, five plays of the week uh, and the Walter Football gambling tips for the week. So back to you, Scott. Thanks, Walter, and thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.